Hello, and welcome to The Unique CPA. I'm your host, Randy Crabtree. The goal of our show is to keep you at the forefront of the changing face of public accounting by having conversations with fascinating leaders and bringing you their stories, insights, and advice. The Unique CPA podcast is brought to you by Trimerit, the specialty tax professionals. Today, our guest is John Garrett. Thought Provoker, Catalyst for Change, and podcast host is on a mission to create better workplaces. What the two-time Emmy nominee may do best is champion the human side of professionals, consulting with organizations to develop more productive cultures while shining a light on their people's rich lives outside of work, delivering inspiring keynotes about his research and recording over 300 podcast episodes of What's Your And?, landed him on Accounting Today's list of the 100 most influential people in the profession. In addition to the podcast with uh, What's Your And, John actually recently released a book of the same name, which I've been very fortunate enough to be skimming through and reading, not just skimming, but reading uh, the last uh, few days. Uh, So, John, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks so much, Randy. I'm excited to be here. I love the name, Unique CPA. It's so awesome. Well, what I was going to say is that you, I think you fit the bill of the Unique CPA pretty well. The one thing we did not mention in there is your side gig. I don't know if you call that is doing comedy as well, correct? Yeah. So when I, I graduated from the University of Notre Dame, went to PricewaterhouseCoopers and uh, yeah, just started doing stand-up comedy at night just for fun as just a creative outlet, go to some open mic nights. Uh, then I started getting good, started to get paid and uh, yeah, and then uh, did some pretty cool stuff. So uh, yeah, it, it was it was fun to do, uh, you know, on the side. And then uh, at, at one point there was a perfect storm where I was going to leave. Uh, I'd gone to industry and was going to leave that job anyway. So I gave it a go. And, uh, you know, I was fortunate enough to be able to make it. But I, I definitely don't advise that people make their passions their jobs because uh, you're probably not that good at it. So it's really hard. It's really hard. <laughs> but it's yeah. an and. It's not an or. It's an and. Well, I was going to say that that's, uh, sounds like an and. And we'll get into the what's your and. Um, yeah. And we'll also get into, I normally end the show with a fun fact about our guest. And, and we already delved into a fun fact about you. So we're going to have to figure out some other fun facts when we get to the end of the show. Um, sure. As long as we're talking comedy. And then we're going to get into other things. But as long as we're on the comedy thing. I mean, I'm amazed that, I mean, you left accounting, you made a profession of this. I read some things. You opened for the band Train. You opened for Louis Anderson. You you made money and you, you, you made money on your passion. That's amazing. But give me that experience. I mean, the whole train thing, the whole, the whole yeah. Anderson. I mean, that's that. No, absolutely. Yeah. And, and like I said, I mean, the caveat here is do not do what I did. Um, it's way too hard and it's insane and it's crazy. And I don't advocate that anyone does this. Um, but uh, for me, it was that perfect storm. So I gave it a go and, and ran and, and I was able to achieve escape velocity is what I call it. And I was able to get into orbit um, and was very fortunate for that. Uh, it's a little, lot, a lot of work uh, to do that. But yeah, I mean, opening for the band Train, uh, that was in Erie, Pennsylvania, which is where the lead singer is from. And uh, I was doing the comedy club there for that weekend. So I'd come into Erie on, you know, Thursday, and there's a Thursday night show, and then two Friday, two Saturday, and then I go home on Sunday, usually. And uh, so on uh, Friday, 
yeah. Uh, when I got to the comedy club, they're like, Hey, so, uh, trains in town. And I go, yeah, I know I'd love to go, <laughs> but I got these shows. And, uh, and so then they said, well, their opening act got laryngitis. Huh. And so they want you to open for them. I guess they had sent someone on Thursday to watch the show. And so I did the show on Friday, the first show. And then I got in a car that was waiting for me, went down about 12 blocks because it's eerie and then mm -hmm. went into their uh, massive auditorium. More people than are in my hometown <laughs> are in this arena for this concert. And I go in, meet the band. They're super cool, down to earth, great guys. It was awesome. I go up on stage and no one's there for comedy. They're like, can you sing? No, I cannot sing. Like I, I do jokes. And so it was crazy because you're on this giant stage and the lights are so bright oh, yeah. that I could not see the edge of the stage. So the whole time I'm up there in the back of my brain, I'm just going, don't fall off. Do not fall off. Do not like, cause that'll be hilarious, yes. but also humiliating. Yep. <laughs> so like, and so, uh, and it was also super weird too. Cause you have a rhythm to your jokes. And so, you know, I start the joke and then, uh, you know, laugh start. And then I go to start the next joke and there's more laughter that's still coming because the very back row of, you know, 3,500, 4,000 people, by the time they hear the joke and they laugh and it comes back to me, there's oh. time there. And yep. so it was, it was a very out of body experience. Um, but they were super cool. And then I went back to the comedy club to do the late night show and late night Friday's brutal. I mean, if you read in Steve Martin's book, that's why he stopped doing stand up because it's the end of the week. People are tired. They probably went to happy hour. They've been drinking for five hours. They're just jerks. And Friday late show is brutal. And so I went up and I didn't even care. Cause I was like, I have 4,000 laughs. <laughs> all stored up in my heart. And like, so you guys can laugh if you want. I don't even care. And right. it was fine. The show was great, but it was, it was literally like, how did this happen? Like, this yeah. is crazy. Uh, I did a show for 300 people and then 4,000 people and then like 150 people. <laughs> like same jokes, same right. like me. Like, yeah, oh, it was crazy. But yeah, amazing. cool. And then opened it for Louis at Atlantic City. It was super cool. That was like a thousand person at the Borgata uh, Music Box Theater. And yeah, just done some pretty cool stuff, you know, with that and been really fortunate um, to, nice. to have had those opportunities. Yeah, that's nice. I, I My adrenaline gets flowing when I'm up in front of people just talking about, you know, taxes. And I have a great time. <laughs> I can't imagine getting up and, and telling jokes. I mean, I one, I couldn't do it. But man, I could just imagine a adrenaline rush going through with that. And it's, I could see getting getting addicted to that pretty quick. It's pretty surreal. Like yeah. you, it's a room full of strangers that have no idea what you're going to say. Right. And then words come out of your mouth and all of their reactions is immediate laughter. Right. Like it's the most surreal thing that yeah. I find myself sometimes uh, when now it's more keynote speaking, but I'll think like, how's this happen? Like, how does this happen? Like, right. this is so surreal. It's, yep. it's weird, but it's cool. All right. We got to your fun fact, I guess, early in the show. Um, but what we really want to concentrate on, I guess, is being the unique CPA. We got the uniqueness out of the way, and we'll continue, I'm sure, to hear more uniqueness. Uh, <laughs> um, but CPA, but but before we get to the, how you're working with CPAs, let's talk about the book, because that relates to what you're doing with CPAs, too. So so this book was, what, released a month or two ago, correct? Yeah, September 15, uh, 2020, yeah. 
And it's yeah. What's Your And, which is also the name of your podcast, which, by the way, uh, you're on podcast episode 331 or something like that, which I found out is not the number. You probably have about 100 plus more podcasts you recorded. Right. I did some point fives in there. Yeah. So I, uh, I, was, I got weird on the numbering. But so uh, I'm yeah. at less than 10% of your total. So, so we'll have to get some pointers at the end and uh, I learn from your expertise. Here. You're doing great, man. <laughs> I'm intimidated here. <laughs> Stay the course. I was once at 30 as well. All so right. don't worry about it, man. No, Stay that's awesome. Course. No, I, I, uh, I'm not sure I'm going to make it to you know 400 plus, but I'm having fun with where we're at now. So, so that's great. Exactly. All right. So let's talk about the book then. So the book obviously translates from the podcast, I guess. What was the impetus to start to write this? What was your goal? What were you trying to get to communicate yeah. out to people? No, that's a great question. Cause I mean, I, I never thought I'd ever write a book. Uh, I didn't, I didn't want to write a book. Um, you know, I, I just thought books were written by like super smart people like, you know, a, a Brene Brown or a Seth Godin or the Simon Sinek's or Adam Grant or, you know, those kind of people. And, uh, and, uh, you know, from speaking so much, uh, in 2018 and 2019, I added it up over 10,000 people were in the audiences of conferences I spoke at. And so I was really able to dial in that message and really nail it as to what it is and what, it, and so it's not just theory, it's actually applicable and it, and it resonates with people and it, and it really strikes a chord with a lot of people. And then I had, I had oftentimes audience members coming up, Hey, do you have a book? Cause I want to share this message with people that weren't here. Uh, and I want to do it justice. I want to make sure that they get it right. And, and all that. And so with, when people kept asking, I was like, well, I guess, I guess I need to write it now, you know? And, uh, and so it, it was one of those things that just, it, it had to happen. And, uh, you know, I, I don't consider it to be, you know, my message. I think it's our message. I'm just the mouthpiece. And, and I'm, I'm really sensitive to that because I, I think it's a collective, a collective, our message. I'm just the one that happened to put it together and, and be, be the one to write the book. So not only put together write the book, is this what your, as we said in the beginning, you're a thought provoker, catalyst for change. Is this the concepts you're using when you're yeah. out uh, uh, catalysting change? Which I yeah, no, exactly. I mean, it's what's your end. Yep. I mean, we never ask that. We're right. at a networking event or we work with people for so many, we're around people in the office for more waking hours than our family. Yeah. And you don't even know what these other dimensions to who they are. And, and the thing is, is like one, it's nice, but two is it actually makes you a better professional is what my research has shown as well as the research that I've gotten from like Duke and Northwestern and stuff like that. And so it makes you a better professional to not only have these outside of work hobbies and passions, but to share them. And, and, you know, when I came out of Notre Dame, go to big, big four, uh, I mean, it, for some reason, our default mode is don't share. Like, first of all, don't have a hobby or passion outside of work. And if you do, God forbid, don't talk about it because it's unprofessional. No one cares. You're going to creep people out. It's way too personal. You should be dedicated to your career. What are you not very good at your job? Why are you wasting time doing something else besides reading tax code and FASBs or whatever the hell? There's more billable hours. Just do that. Right. And it's there's so many excuses that we feed ourselves. And, and all of those are lies. They're all lies. And, and so that's what it, you know, my, my 
book shatters that it shatters what the stereotype is. And, you know, we're all unique CPAs, not just me. And then the handful of people you've had on the show, it's all of us are just if we focus on the part that's unique, which is not the CPA part, it's the everything else. So going back to the handful of people on that show, you're already bragging that you've had 400 shows and <laughs> I've only had 40. Rel so <laughs> Relative to CPAs in general, the percentage of the numbers, oh, uh, okay. the auditor in me was like, you know what, immaterial difference. Uh, <laughs> I had to give you a hard time on that one. Sorry no, totally. about that. And the other thing I wanted to point out, going backwards for a second, you know, super smart people write books, just so you know, and you probably understand this, people go to Notre Dame, I usually have very good academic records. So well, you, I appreciate you that. Might, you might be listed in that, that super smart group. Well, so thank you. I just wanted to yeah. point that out. You're not taking that. a compliment that well. You look like you're uh, blushing. Well, no, I feel like a so. jerk now. because I just... <laughs> <So>. <laughs> No, no, you're fine. All right. So, so let's move forward then. So what's your end? Obviously, you know, you kind of explained it, you know, you know, it's, you're not just your job. You're not just yeah. a, an accountant. You're not just, there have other things that you're doing outside of work. And so how do you use that? I'm assuming that's what you use when you go out and do this, you know, talking with, I mean, right. Past is comedian. You've done that, but really future, not future, but currently you're out, you're doing corporate events. You're talking, you're working yeah. with companies to do this change. So, so how, what are you trying to do and implement? What are you talking to them about? How do you sure. help yeah, them and it, get I mean, to the next for, step? For the long time, it was, it was the speaking, uh, you know, executive retreats, partner retreats, um, all staff town hall meetings, uh, things like that. And then I realized that this concept is simple, but not easy. And so people implementing it it's, it, it's just like people telling me, go to the gym. And I'm like, but I don't, you know, and even if I went, I wouldn't know what to do. Like I really wouldn't. And so, uh, so it's the same thing where right? it's simple, but it's just not easy. And so that's where, in about the last year, year and a half is, is rolled out more of the consulting piece of how do we implement this? How do we make this part of the culture? And because really, when you look at your organization, uh, you know, or whether it's a firm or it's your company or your, even your department, it's made up of people, but those people are made up of passions. And so the, the core of your culture isn't the people, it's the people's personalities and passions outside of work. And so, uh, so that's, that's really, it's how do we build that culture around what happens outside the office how do we shine a light on that? How do we celebrate that? How do we get people to share that and make that just, it's routine. It's just normal. It's, it's what we do here uh, type of a thing. And what works at one firm won't work at another. And what works at one office of a firm won't work at another office in a different state. Um, so it really does have to be customized, but really just crack that door open to the human side to each of us and uh, and how important that is, you know, especially now with the pandemic, you know, a lot of places find out that, oh, I guess we don't have a culture because it was based on complaining about the break room coffee or passing each other in the hallway. How are you? Fine. I'm fine. All right. You know, and that's, that's not, that's surface level, you know, and, and how do you actually get to know your people? How do you actually have a genuine interest in the people around you? And uh, you know, how do we make that normal? 
So how, what are you teaching them to do then? How do they, how do, how do we make it normal? I mean, you can't just you know, flip a switch, I guess. And now, okay, I'm, I'm concerned about my, what my people are doing outside of work rather than they're, I'm still concerned about their billable hours or whatever, but of I'm also you concerned about the person. So how do you make yeah. that switch? Right? What, what do you, but, how do you yeah, I mean, the work's going to get done. The work yeah. will get done. You know, the billable hours will happen. The work will get done. So, you know, like, don't worry about that. You know, it's going to happen. It's like, right. it's like worrying about breathing. You're going to breathe. I mean, it's, it's happening. Right. Um, so, you know, focusing on that isn't necessarily, you know, uh, always, you know, needed, but uh, yeah, it's, it's working with teams to find out. Basically it's great to start with the leadership group. Let's build the sandbox. What are the boundaries? Um, what, what is never going to happen? You know, look, we're never going to have casual Friday or look, we're never gonna, uh, different places have different things, you know, depending on their culture or the, where they are, or, you know, in, in the United States or in the, even in Canada and the world, um, just, you know, what, what they're willing to accept or, or do and not do. So let's build that parameter, build that sandbox, and then everyone go play inside, you know, then, then, because I think in, in accounting, especially we're so permission-based that we wait for permission. And, and then you find out that uh, they were going to let us do this all along. Like, what the hell? <laughs> okay. And so instead, it's easier to tell people what the boundaries are. Yep. And then you have carte blanche. Go nuts. Within this, within this fence, do whatever you want. And, uh, and, you know, and, and I think that that's, that's really freeing and liberating to people. And then, and then, you know, when you start to find out about the people around you, I mean, there's, there's emotion and, and, and color and people's eyes light up and, and there's energy in their, in their voice. And, and they sound excited about that where, you know, when they talk about work, sometimes they light up, but sometimes they don't, Right. you know, and when, I mean, like you, when you're talking about, you know, craft beers and, you know, <laughs> like you light up. Like you light up when you talk about taxes, sometimes you light up, but sometimes yeah. it's like, well, it's taxes, whatever. Yeah. You know? no, and, and that, so you hit on it and, and people have listened to the show probably have heard me talk about craft beer in the past, but yeah, no, that's, yeah. A, that's definitely a passion. But honestly, I get this passionate about R and D tax credits, which makes me quite a geek. I know no, that, that's totally fine. I, and and I, that's I, the thing is yeah. like, yeah. you know, you, you're good at your job and you like your job. I'm not saying right. it's one or the other. No, no, no. I'm saying there's both. Right. And totally cool. But but I think that the energy you get from that craft beer side of you oh, yeah. can fuel the work side of you. Yeah. And, and rarely does the energy you get from doing tax stuff fuel your hobbies. No, no, you're it's, correct. Yeah. You're correct. Unless it helps you make more money that you can spend more time on your what? hobbies. And, <laughs> and that's exactly it is we're working so we can live. Yep. And it's about time that we all just admit it yep. instead of lying about it. Yep. <laughs> so we've, we've, and, and you and I talked about this uh, last week or so we we've melded craft beer with specialty taxes and we are yeah. we are having a lot of fun right now with all of our clients uh, getting on virtual happy hours and and tasting through different beers and explaining the beers and having fun and yeah as a as a as a, as a company i think we're we're having a great time with it and and uh, it's, it's nice that when i was doing that too when i do it now i'm going okay it's pretty interesting that we're kind of uh, incorporating our and into to what we do so you've you've got me already i'm hooked on the book i'm hooked on the, your message so well, thank Thanks, man. Yeah, it's simple, just not easy, but you're already doing it. And and I would have to imagine that like before you did that, I mean, are things different now? Like client conversations or that energy or when you're hanging out, you know, like, you know, if 
it, it's got to be a different thing. So, so the interesting thing with us is, you know, it was kind of always a thing for the last three and a half years. I kind of changed my role in the business and, and uh, myself and one other gentleman started the business and, you know, we were kind of just managing it. And I decided that wasn't for me anymore. Um, and my role now is I call myself the, the breakfast, lunch, dinner, drinks, conference, CPE presentation guy. And, there you go. and so those are the things I do. But so all, often our meetings are based around, you know, going out to dinner and having a drink. And, and the thing with the virtual is we just get to do it with a lot more people now because yeah. it's easier to get a group together. I don't yeah. like it as much. I like to be face to face, but yeah. we do get a, a bigger group. So that's, yeah. that's what has changed is that we've just been able to get in, in front of more people. Which yeah, is- but that's encouraging to hear that it works. Yeah, it works. Yep, yeah. for sure. So I'm going to go back to the book for a minute now, sure. Um, because, like I said, I have been reading it. I wanted to get through it all before we talked today, and unfortunately, I, I didn't get through it all. But I got through at least half of it reading and tried to skim the second half. But when I was looking through it, I saw that the, the makeup of it was really three sections: elevate your employee experience, which you know sounds awesome to me. Uh, don't be afraid. And then taking action. So you know, maybe you can expand yeah. on those, or if there's sure, one section. Yeah, that's I mean, bad, I, yeah. I, I wrote the I wrote the the book for people that aren't readers. Um, most people aren't readers. We're all busy. We have work to do. Like life, life happens. Things happen. But I wrote them in micro chapters, so they're all less than a page to maybe three or four pages long. So uh, I don't know about you, but when I'm reading a book and I finish a chapter and then I see, well, what's the next one? Oh, it's 20 pages. Yeah, I don't have 20 pages. So then I put a bookmark in and then I put it on my shelf and then I don't finish it. And so like, I don't want my, I want my book to be done. I want you to read the whole thing. And so I wrote it very conversational uh, tone uh, and it's just the, the meat. There's no fluff. I just hit it and go. And so, yeah, three big modules, as you said, and then the micro chapters within, but uh, you know, the employee experience is something that I think a lot of us uh, don't think about. We hear about customer experience, but cl- uh, employee experience is, is, is really something that, that, we don't even give a thought to. And uh, unfortunately, especially in the accounting profession, it's churn and burn. And mm-hmm. it's like, well, we got another one coming and whatever. But the problem is, is uh, we don't anymore. Uh, talent is at an all-time premium. And uh, you really have to love the people that you have and not just love the work that they're doing, but love who they are outside of work as well and those other dimensions to them. And so that employee experience, it's asking what's your end when you're recruiting. It's asking what's your end when you're onboarding. It's what's your end as you're training uh, and uh, you know development. What's your end to build that into the culture, make people stay longer. And then even when they're exiting the company, you know, still using that end. And a perfect example is a lot of times people are, hey, that was a good job. Here's a Starbucks gift card. Well, I don't like coffee and their hot chocolate is terrible. So if you give me a Starbucks gift card, I don't know what to do with that besides give it back to you. So that shows that you do not care about me, but you find out somebody loves their dog. Hey, here's a gift card to PetSmart or whatever. Hey, you play a musical instrument. Here's a gift card to a music store. Oh, you like ice cream. Here's a gift card to, you know, the ice cream place or whatever. Uh, That shows that you actually care about the people and you give them something that they like. And so that creates a better intentional employee experience that just makes them stay longer and provide more value and be more engaged. Yeah, um, that was so. that was one of my favorite parts of what I was reading so far is just taking the time to get to know what people like outside of work, which I, I feel I do. But when I read that, I go, okay, 
And I started thinking of employees. I'm like, okay, what's their thing? What do they like? And we, on our website, we list every employee. And at the end of their bio, we put a fun fact. So yeah. I just went in and I read everybody's fun fact uh, this morning, just to make sure I knew what people yeah. enjoyed doing. So again, going back to, you're already influencing me. But, but on some of them, I was like, I didn't know that. I should have known that. How come I don't know that? One person's goal was to be a, a uh, after retirement to be a, a, a power lifter. I'm like, I had no clue that was a. Goal That's fantastic. That. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's yeah, another, fantastic. Another person uh, as a professional a motorcycle racer uh, prior to, to this. I, okay. I didn't know that. Now I feel yeah. terrible that I don't know that. So well, don't feel terrible because uh, now you do. Right. And so the next time you talk to those people, I promise you that's going to come up. Right. <laughs> I promise. Yeah. Yep. And the fact that you guys put that on your website bios, I love, 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 love that. Right. Because that's something that's so simple. And it's something that no client is going to read that and say, whoa, whoa, this guy raced motorcycles. I'm not going to work with that firm. No one said that. Right. And if they do, then good, because I don't want to work with you either. Right. So like, you know, like that's the thing is we're all trying to be professionalism tells us that we have to be this thing and put on this facade and yet everyone else is doing the same thing. Mm -hmm. And so you're just a commodity. I mean, at the end, what makes your firm different than the other one? It's not your technical skills. It's your people, and it's not just your people. It's your people's passions. It's that motorcycle racing. It's right. that powerlifting. It's your craft beer. Right. It's and it doesn't have to be world record breaking something. Right. It's you know what? Once a year, I do a five k walk for a charity. Sweet. Nice. Or I like to make kombucha. Or I like horror movies. Or I love wine. Whatever your thing is, mm -hmm. you know, like just that's your thing. What lights you up? And yep. find that out. And, and that's cool that you guys do that. That's a great example for everybody yeah. listening. No, and I honestly was thinking, I'm going to call everybody and just talk about their passion and just, you know, not every day, but in one day, but, you know, once a week, call a different Why person not? or something or, or, or once a day, call a different person, just say, hey, you know, how's this going? So, yeah, that's cool. I, I think that is awesome advice. And 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 I, I think that there's probably a lot of people that I've talked to on this podcast so far that probably think that way. And I don't know if they've really gone as far as that. And I hopefully they'll listen to this and realize that that's a going to be an important thing. Let's go to the next step on that. If you want then yeah. the, from, from the employee experience to don't be afraid. What do we mean by yeah. that? Well, and that's just crucial to know that like, you're not alone. Um, you know, I did my own research because when I, when I started this, there's a guy who remembered me from my first PwC office 12 years before that. Uh, as, oh, I know John Garrett. That's the guy who did comedy at night. And he didn't remember any of my work-related things. I was one of the first promoted in my start class. I was on the largest financial services client that PwC had. Like I didn't suck at what I did. And yet he didn't know any of that because he was in the tax department and I never went to that floor. I never met him. I never worked with him. I've, I've, I've never been around him. And yet 12 years later, he remembers me. Hmm. And, and so I think we're all really good at our jobs and we all deserve to be remembered 12 years later. Right. And, and so don't be afraid. So I started doing my own research and uh, I found that 92% of professionals have a hobby or a passion they regularly do outside of work. So that means that the stereotypical accountant is actually unique. <laughs> a stereotypical accountant is somebody that has these outside of work interests. Right. And it's not like 51, 49, it's 92 to eight. It's not even close. And the no. 8% has been bullying the 92% to believe that 
if you don't act this way, then you're not good or dedicated to your career. And that's a lie. And it's, it's, it just shatters that. And so, we, you know, we just lost 8% of our listenership on that. No, but if that's you <laughs> and that's fine, if work is your jam, then that's fine. Yeah. But also know that for the people that work, isn't their jam. Right. No, I understand. Also fine. Yeah. And, but here's where it gets scary though, Randy, is when I do the consulting with some places and uh, partners or executives pull me aside and they're like, Hey, I'm going to retire in like three years. And I don't know what I'm going to go do. That's when it gets scary yeah. because if it's all work all the time, anxiety through the roof, depression, potential, very high. And when you're, you're not going to retire and that's what happens. That's why there's no succession planning in firms. That's why, you right. know, because they don't want to leave because right. they have nothing to go jump to and it's not healthy. No. Well, I'll tell you, I'm, I have plans for retirement, so I know what I'm going to do. So we don't have, right. and it's not drink beer all day long. That's not going to be it. But, but, no, exactly. But I mean, for the people that where it's all work all the time, right? just think ahead a little bit. Right. You know? So, okay. Don't be afraid. And then taking action. Yeah. Taking action because there are so many books out there that are theory. And then it's like, well, what the hell? Like, how do I do this? Like, I don't know how to apply this. Like, what does this mean? So I, I, I preface it with, Hey, these are just ideas that I've seen in the real world uh, with clients that I've worked with, but uh, what works at one company might not work at yours. So just use these as ideas to get you going brainstorm, and then just pick one and then throw it out there and see what happens and type of a thing. But like, Simple things, a lot of them free, even which accountants love. And so, you know, like, but just some ideas to get you started. So it's not just all theory, it's here's how to apply it. All right. All right. Well, that's awesome. And then let's, let's, um, let's go back to then, you know, we've got all these concepts. Uh, we're going to wrap up here pretty quick, but you do this not only for CPA firms, you go out, you do the talking. So is this a, a firm hires you, a conference hires you, everybody hires you? How, how are you out speaking? And, and, and uh, uh, I guess who is the audience typically? Yeah. I mean, the audience is typically white collar nerds. And okay. I say that affectionately because I'm also one of them. Yep. So it's accountants, it's consultants, it's attorneys, it's engineers, it's bankers, insurance, uh, actuaries, uh, architects, you know, those people that have a degree that, and maybe letters after their name, that they feel like that's their identity. And there's so much more to who you are. Um, and so that, that's the audience. Um, and it's working with those organizations. It's been cool to see. I started mostly in the, the accounting space, consulting space, but it's been cool to see how it resonates with so many of these other professions and how it's a much bigger message than I originally thought. And so it's just, it's, you know, whether it's through the speaking or it's the speaking leading on to the consulting to help you implement that, it's, it's really just wanting to make a difference and make a change to where, you know, the stereotypical professional is somebody that has these outside of work passions and interests and the organization shines a light on that and celebrates that. Yep. And I'm glad you transitioned in the consulting then too. So is there a standard consulting agreement you work? I mean, time frame you work on, or is this every client's different? How does that work? I mean, it is a little bit of every client's different. It's also somewhat new, uh, being a year, year and a half old. So, yep. uh, you know, I'm still honing that in as to exactly what it is, but typically it's uh, an implementation, like speak and then implement. So maybe like a two day right. and then, uh, and then I'm available, you know, for check-ins uh, every month. Yep. And then yep. maybe around three or six months we revisit as it moved the needle uh, at all. And then along the way we tweak, to dial it in and then, hey, do we wanna go next level? Do right. we wanna do something else? Do we wanna keep going? So, you know, it's, I try not to, it's not a 
18 month, uh, we meet every week. And uh, it's like, no, we got yeah. work to do, man. <laughs> like, you know? No, that's and true. So, but you got to let it breathe and you got to let it happen. Or, you know, and it's, it, it can't be just totally organic. It has to be intentional. Yep. All right. Well, I'm ex- super excited because it sounds like you're going to be speaking at an event I'll be at next year. Yeah. Whether that would be September next year. Right. And that I'm assuming it's going to be in person at this point. I think we're going to be. Uh, I hope you didn't uh, just jinx it all around, Randy. But <laughs> I know <laughs> I, I didn't name the association, so I'm not. It's I virtual know. and not me. You. <laughs> <laughs> I just screwed that up big time. No, I'm teasing. All right. Well, maybe I'll see you the year after then. <laughs> yeah. Whatever. I'll just come to Chicago. I don't care. All right. We'll so, just go get so, some. Uh, uh, yeah, get some we'll dogs. Get some, and, uh, yeah, some dogs, some Italian beef, beef some deep dish Italian pizza. Beef, so. And you were an Illinois person, right? I mean, you've been around, but you were in Illinois for a while, right? I've been around? No, I just, no, <laughs> I, I went to high school in Southern Illinois near St. Louis. But okay. I was in the Air Force. So yeah, I moved a lot. Okay. So uh, we moved, uh, yeah, every two or three years growing up. And then, yeah, settled in uh, Southern Illinois near St. Louis. So all um, that moving, that's how you got funny. All these different experiences from all over the world, huh? That's that's possible. I mean, when you're the new kid, yeah, uh, people like the new kid that's got jokes. Right. So, uh, right. yeah, it's just weird when you're writing your own jokes. That's when it. Uh, that's when it's it's weird. Yep. So, is it uh, uh, now? I'm going to go off on a tangent. Right, when you're telling jokes, is it jokes always prepared, or does it veer when you're in front of an audience? Like you start. Uh, it's going to be 99 prepared. That's what I figured. And then, uh, yeah, because uh, the only difference between, you know, a brand new comedian and me and then me and Jerry Seinfeld is the brand new comedians told the joke 10 times. I've told it a thousand times and Seinfeld's told it 10,000 times. So, So, you know, the confidence, the polish, the the word choices, the cadence, uh, you know, it definitely it's rehearsed. You just the the more you do it, the more it's weird. It's, It's kind of a an arc where it starts out where it's very fresh because it's brand new and I don't know where it's going to go. And then it seems very rehearsed and it's not that great. But then after you do it so many times, then it seems like, wow, he just made that up off his head, right. top of his head. It's like, nah, I say this every night. <laughs> like, well, that, that's awesome. That's not where I wanted to end. So we're going to go back to the, uh, okay. the whole uh, uh, consulting. I feel like I've wrecked your podcast so much. That <laughs> I don't even know. The editor should not even touch anything and just be like, here it is. I think we're going to let this flow. I, you know, this is free flow. It's fine. This is um, what happens when you talk to John Garrett. <laughs> Hey, I having a great time. I'm laughing. That's all. That's part of the goal of the show is to have fun. So we're having yeah, fun. So we totally. want to educate and we want to have fun. I felt you were educating. I am okay. super excited about what you had to say. I, I honestly am. Uh, when I well, when you. I first started public accounting, you know, a thousand years ago, uh, <laughs> I uh, I. Uh, you and Pacioli, buddies. <laughs> exactly. I uh, was on my abacus and, and I came up with these ideas that uh, when I started my own firm and I set a goal that I wanted to start my own firm four years after I started in public. I don't know why I came up four oh, years. Wow. I don't know what the plan was, but three yeah. and a half years later I did. But I, I wrote down things that I wanted to do with that firm. And there was things that I wanted employees to do if I was lucky enough to have our employees. But I just, there was things that, you know, I wanted to have fun. I always wanted to have fun. Yeah. And, and I feel we've continued that into this business. And so I'm super excited to just hear, just get involved with your employees, getting to know them better, getting to know their passions, and then how those passions affect you within the business. I, I, I honestly am. I've never been so excited to read a, 
I don't know if you call this a business book, but a business book yeah. that I am. It's, it's actually more of a leadership book than I even anticipated as well, based yeah. on the feedback that I've gotten. No, which is cool. I agree. So, yeah. so before we wrap up on that, anything else you want to touch on, on the, uh, catalyst for change in the book? No, I'm just so grateful that you had me on this show, man. Yeah. So uh, like, no, I'm just, I'm all yours. And I just appreciate being a part of this. So thank all you. Right. Well, believe me the same way, but all right. So before I get to a, a final question, is there, how can people get a hold of you? We can get the book on Amazon. I'm sure what's your yeah, hand? Amazon, Barnes and Noble bookshop. Uh, and then the audible will be out early 2021, uh, first quarter. So, uh, um, yeah, what's your and.com, uh, okay. what's your and.com. I make it super easy. That gets you right into the pod, the podcast page, the book page, uh, right into my website. I have music video parodies that I have out there as well. Um, and then you can read some more of, you know, the stuff that I'm doing. Doing. Uh, right. So uh, yeah, follow me on LinkedIn, Twitter, all that stuff. All right. Well, before we do finish, then um, we've got a thousand fun facts from you already, but we always have to end the show on a fun fact. Okay. Uh, um, so I don't know if you want to. Uh, you have another one you want to bring out? I have a question. If not, yeah, question. I'll let you fire away. This will be fun. Okay. So Emmy nominee. What is that all about? Yeah. Okay. So, uh, yeah. So for Notre Dame football, um, I was back on campus for a game, um, five, six years ago now. And, um, and so some buddies of mine that work in the athletics department, they were like, Hey, we, uh, come over and hang out. And then they were like, Hey, we're going to walk over to the football building. And I was like, Oh, well, this is neat. And then I go up and I'm meeting with, uh, Brian Kelly's right hand. And she's like, we're just talking and whatever. And so then they go, uh, so we'd like you to write, uh, they call it Echoes, uh, their awards show at the end of the year. And I was like, okay, sure. <laughs> that sounds cool. So then all of a sudden I'm like in the locker room and on the sidelines for games and like learning all about the team and the players and, you know, the jokes that they have and the inside stuff and what the personalities and the ticks are, the coaches and the players and all that. And so then uh, wrote the show and the, the first one was hosted by uh, – Hannah Storm is a Notre Dame alum, uh, ESPN okay. anchor. And yep. then uh, Dan Hicks, they're married, and he was doing the play-by-play -play for NBC at the time. So they hosted the show, and it's in the theater on campus, 900 people. It's a TV show. It's a legit all-out TV show. And then they record it, they tape it, and then it airs on NBCSN. And so I'm just the guy behind the guy or the, or, and gal, um, to make it happen. And so, uh, yeah, that, that first one, like, you meet – Dan Hicks and Hannah Storm, they fly in that morning. I meet them that morning, like five hours before we tape. And I have to coach them up <laughs> on here's how you tell the jokes. And here's why they're funny. And what do you think's funny? How would you say it? Like, and then we go live and it's, it's super cool. And then that was the first one that was nominated, nominated for an Emmy, which is insane. And then two years later, Jerome Bettis was the host. So I got to hang out with the bus for all day. Wow. Great guy, super hilarious. And then that one was also nominated for an Emmy. And then uh, the year after that was Aaron Taylor. Uh, and then the last year was Ryan Harris. Uh, they're all Notre Dame alums, yep. uh, Super Bowl winners. And then uh, this year, not sure exactly how it's going to go down. But uh, but yeah, but it's just it, when I found that out, I was like, wait, what? That's like I wrote cool. a show, and then and then when it happened a second time, and now it's it's almost like. 
what the hell you got to do to get one? Like these are good. That's right. Like, so you haven't won yet, huh? All right. They're hilarious. They're they're super well written. Like they're right. really good. Like I'm really proud of them. And it's a team of like 40 people that come together behind the scenes to make this sh- TV show. Yeah. And um, it's wow. it's easily the most intense week of my life outside of being on the unique CPA podcast. Uh, <laughs> this this was extremely new... intense. I know that right? uh, <laughs> usually people have to sleep for like a week afterwards and you know, oh, totally. recover. So, totally. so hopefully you get through this. Okay. I'll be praying for you. But, uh, <laughs> um, um, so my, my producers are going to get really mad at me, but I want to go with one more fun fact. Okay. I'm having too okay. much fun to stop right now. Listeners, I hope you're enjoying it too. John is very entertaining to talk to. All right. Another fun fact. Your book, The Forward, was written by Lou Holtz. So sticking on that football, Notre Dame football yeah, team, Lou Holtz, totally. how did that come about? How did you get Which, Lou by Holtz? the way, is my and. is definitely college football, in case okay. anybody was wondering. But, uh-huh. uh, Why didn't I ask you that? Right. Yeah, no worries. <laughs> right. uh, college football, going to concerts, and ice cream. That's, right. uh, they don't have to be super exciting, people. Just that. Yeah, there you go. Um, nice. I obviously was an accountant. My and was comedy. I mean, I enjoy that too, but not performing anymore at the clubs. But yeah, so Coach Holtz, uh, last year I was speaking at a conference in New Orleans. I was the close of the first day. He was the opening of the second day. And uh, uh, I stuck around to watch. And I have a picture of me with Coach Holtz uh, when I was when I was a junior uh, in at Notre Dame. Uh, there's a picture of me with Coach Holtz. Uh, I was in the marching band. And he loves Notre Dame marching band. He, he's such a huge fan. And so I had that picture on my phone. And so I showed the client and they were like, holy cow, you need to meet him. And I was like, well, yeah, I do. Yeah. And so then they had a little private meet and greet for their, it was a software company, their top clients. So it was maybe like 20 people and then me. And then Coach Holtz is in there and he had just got done speaking. They were in this small room in the back. And so I just stayed out of the way and all that. And everyone's talking to him. Hey, Lou, hey, Lou, you know, Lou this, Lou that. So when he was done, he went down to pick up his satchel and I just walked up and I was like, hey, Coach Holtz. And he immediate attention and locked eyes. And he's like, and I said, uh, my name's John Gary. We've actually met before. And I showed him my phone and he said, holy cow. And I said, yeah, I was in the, in the marching band and my junior year was his last year and uh, there. And so he gave me his business card and he said, hey, if you ever need anything, that's my cell phone. And this is my email for my assistant and whatever you need, let me know. And uh, so I sat on it because I'm from the Midwest <laughs> for like four months and uh, like a big chicken. And then finally I was like, you know what? I'm going to ask him. Oh. I got this book and uh, I think it really dovetails well with the message that he speaks on in some of his books. And so I was like, Hey, would you write the forward? And then they wrote back right away. Absolutely. What do you got? And then a week later had the forward. And I was like, well, now I have to publish the book. (laughs) Now it has to happen. (laughs) And so, uh, yeah, I'm so thankful that he did that. And just out of the kindness of his heart, you know, to do that. And, and then what he wrote is really cool too. So yeah, uh, that's what I thought too. He he was really uh, appreciated. He he really enjoyed your book. So yeah. um, well, that's awesome. That's about a thousand ands we've we've got from you and a thousand <laughs> fun facts. So so we're gonna cut it there. I'd keep going, uh, but no worries, uh, man. Um, we're gonna stop uh, again. Everybody can uh, find John at uh, whatsyourand.com, which will get you to the book. We'll get you to the podcast, and we'll get you to the thejohngarrett.com website. Correct. Correct. It's all, all right. right there. All right. Well, again, I, I 
Thanks so much. I had a great time. I appreciate you being on here. No, this was a blast, Randy. Thank you so much, man. I appreciate it. Thank you for joining us today. And you can find all the links and show notes for today's episode, as well as more about Trimerit at theuniquecpa.com. Remember to subscribe and join us for our next episode, where we'll be going beyond compliance into forging new pathways of delivering value to clients, diversifying your revenue streams, and leading edge management techniques and styles. This has been a production of Twin Flame Studios.